0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550 and our website can be found on lifecoachdanamslake.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our seventh episode of season 15, a very special guest and emotional wellness expert and creator of CLIMB, which is helping adults by increasing their emotional intelligence, Mrs. Ashley Williams. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves, as no one can do a better job. Ashley, the floor is yours.
1: How are you doing, Dr. Dane? Thank you so much for... Uh... For having me here, I, I feel like this conversation is an extension of my bio because it speaks to what I'm most passionate about, and that is helping people to connect with the joy that is within them. Uh, and climb is one pathway or tool uh, that I, I support people with that. So my background is in education, former school leader, educator focused on emotional wellness for staff and students, um, and. My expertise in that area is what led me to the development of the CLOM platform. So CLOM is an emotional health software for school-aged children. So the idea is that we meet young people where it's interesting to them through technology, and then we empower them with coping skills that they can carry around in their pockets. And my why for this work is that I believe that happiness is a human right. I believe that every single human on the planet should have equal access and opportunity to live out the peace inside of them. wellness is a tool a pathway to get there a lot of times we're going about life uh Like It's almost like being at sea, on a rocky sea, and we're unstable, we're unsteady. We're just sort of like on this raft, and we're at the mercy of the waves. But emotional wellness sort of like grounds us. It's that big, steady ship where if you can learn what are your emotions, how do your emotions look in life? When I'm angry, I have this thought pattern. This leads to this behavior. So you can start to understand yourself and then start to make incremental changes in your human experience that lead to better life outcomes and and general more life satisfaction. And the thing about emotional intelligence is that it's a learned skill. The same way that you learn how to solve a math equation, the same way that you learn how to structure a sentence, you can learn the skill of emotional intelligence and it impacts every part of your life, whether you know it or not, from your mental health to how much you earn to your relationships within your home and your family, to your relationships with your peers and your colleagues. Um, So I'm on a mission to spread happiness through emotional wellness. And CLOM is one way of doing it. Um, And then I'm also a meditation instructor at a meditation community where I'm based in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, called Awake Yoga Meditation. I think that uh, meditation is another tool, another resource to help us reconnect to what's already here. Most of the time when we're not happy, it's because we're projecting uh, something for for the future, we feel like something is missing, right? I need to get this thing. As soon as things look like X, Y, and Z in my life, then I'll achieve happiness. But meditation makes us realize how silly that is, that we can be at peace right where we are, right with the breath that is with us in this moment.
0: so Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Because I feel, and I think that um, a lot of people lack emotional intelligence and emotional IQ, this is what we call it, And the thing is, is that I would like to focus primarily on that topic, because this is something that either it is based on a lack of the educational system, helping Mm -hmm. building their emotional IQ, Mm -hmm. us learning it from just life itself. So it has to be a good combination between both. And the thing is, is that you're right. We're so focused into um, seeking wealth, abundance, um, material asset. And we forgot what's really important in our lives, which is mm-hmm. relationship, life experiences, etc. So, how can you now going to the to the core, which is the new generation that's over the the our country? How can you train them to start changing their mindset or their perspective about life?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, basically what CLOM does is create the space for young people to learn one, how to identify their emotions, and then to make the connection between when I'm having these emotional experiences to recognize how that plays out in their life. Um, and then, so that's one part of it. The other part of it is to teach them the ability to pivot, to self-regulate. So if I find myself in a pattern that is unhealthy, how do I pivot and come back to something that's So those are some some techniques and tools that the platform teaches. And then also just like those daily practices and tools that every human can use that helps to reduce that siren called the amygdala that creates a lot of stress for us. So there are things that we can do every single day to help us to stay steady, to help us stay clear. Um, But if we're not in the practice of it, it's kind of like not that important. So what we want to do is start very young uh, with children children and say, this is a part of what it means to be a human, the same way that when you're in school, you learn science and you learn how to, you know, do all sorts of wonderful things that our children do in school. This is also, um, this is also an important part of it. Developing the skill to understand your personal strength, developing the skills to understand your limitations, to have real self-confidence, to be able to let go of your mistakes, to be able to accept change, to embrace change. Uh, These are things that we can learn very young, but most of the time as adults, these are things that we struggle with uh, because we haven't had enough practice. It's like these things come through practice. That's how we develop these new neurological pathways in our brains, through consistency. Uh, And so we're operating off of what we've consistently done, and that's not always those helpful pathways. Um, But meditation, I I always like to think of it. uh, The term is escaping me, but if you've ever been ice skating, the machine that goes over the ice and smooths out the grooves, yes, that's right? A- that's what meditation does for those unhelpful pathways in our brain so that we can start to create new ones. And so meditation is one of the techniques or, or tools that um, is in, in the climb platform.
0: Now, but do you feel that, um, your program, the climb program, um, is fighting a, a mindset that is being created and implemented in the young kids mind about you go to school you do well you're going to get a job you're going to slave yourself for someone else you're going to live your life and that's that versus them to be able to be creative to be able to kind of excel in something that they're passionate about versus having mm-hmm. to just follow the path or follow the norm as you would call mm-hmm. it to say just mm-hmm. do, follow this do this and that's it and then get the hell out of school and do whatever you want in life we don't give a rat ass about it okay mm-hmm. we don't see that them- to be able to utilize that correctly.
1: That's very true, Dr. Dane. I don't see us as fighting against anything. I think what we're doing is confronting a pattern in society that's in operation. So the same way that we can have mental patterns and emotional patterns that influence how we live our lives, uh, when you get a whole bunch of people together, they create those social patterns. And so I think that we're confronting a social pattern. And I also think that in certain places, there is a readiness um, for that. Um, And so I think it's just through that process of confronting the pattern, of calling that pattern out, that we can develop a new one. So I see that is how, that's the role that I want to play with with CLOM, to help create a new pathway for uh, our children, but for society at large.
0: But if you start rewiring their belief and their thought process that once you create a certain environment for them to feel safe, to feel that they can excel, they feel that they can express themselves versus another path, which is the educational system or the school, which they have to refrain from saying anything as long as it's, if it's not against what the school system tells them to do. Isn't that conflicting for them to be able to grow up with without dealing with mental illnesses in the future?
1: Um, I, you know, I think that In some places, it it can feel like a conflict for sure, where uh, the school has a certain process and procedure and approach to like, teaching young people. But I do think, Dr. Dan, that there are places and a lot of them that are ready and excited uh, for the change. And that's because a lot of adults are starting to do the work as well. And so that makes it easier to have the conversations with the children. And then in the places where the adults are not doing the work, there's more resistance. Mm-hmm. And that would be the natural um, outcome. But I'm I'm paraphrasing Martin Luther King, who said that the of history bends towards justice and so I truly believe that the arc of history uh, for this time period will bend towards uh, greater access to mental and emotional wellness resources you know for our children.
0: And do you feel now with with uh, a different approach into helping the kids at a young age to be able to think for themselves to be able mm-hmm. to initiative um, that that in the near future we may see a change of pathways, and you were, as you were saying earlier, that now more and more kids will say, hey, you know what? If he accomplished this, I can do as well. But then at the same time but what we see here with all the fake influencers that we see online, a lot of people try to catch up to them to be able to do as well as them, which create more stress, more anxiety, more depression because they have not got to their level. So that destroys the the motivation of anyone because they say well mm-hmm. i've failed I'm, I'm worthless i'm no good so does that goes into the same realm of emotional intelligence
1: um, I absolutely believe that it's connected to emotional intelligence because it's that reactive piece. Like when I come across something on my phone, what what is the emotional response that is being elicited when I come across it? And a, a lot of the times, it is a negative emotion because the because comparison is at play, um, a desire for more. It's it's it actually goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where uh, happiness is the absence of that. It's the absence of that compared comparative mind. It's the absence of that craving for more. So the role that I think that um, emotional wellness can play is that through through practice, it's not an overnight thing, but through practice, we can soothe those places within ourselves that feel limited, that feel less than, that had, and it's those places within us that responds reactively. So if I don't have that feeling of like, I am not as good as this, or I don't have access to what I see on the screen. When I see it on the screen, there is no reactive response. Mm-hmm. So that's the role that emotional wellness, that emotional IQ can play um, in this place. And again, this is connecting to mental health. It's not the same thing as mental health, uh, but it does connect to mental health because if we are choosing healthier emotional responses, um, we're telling our brain something, right? And so that that gets into the mental health place.
0: So uh, when we look at the laws of attraction, actually, we have the, the, you know, in the movie, The The Secret or the book, The Secret from Rhonda Byrne, um, it says thoughts become things, okay? Now, obviously they didn't go into specific that says that, well, thoughts become things if you put belief and action in between. So if we look at either it being positive thoughts or negative thoughts will become things as well. So That's neg- right. negative, negative things are going to uh, to happen to you. So, do we have positive or negative emotional intelligence?
1: <laughs> I think that emotional intelligence, by definition, means that I am in a positive emotional space. I think that if we lack emotional intelligence, that means that we have negative, uh, we're in a negative emotional space. And that negative emotional space, I want to go back to what you said about thoughts become things, exists because of the thoughts that we have in our heads. And so it's sort of like the thoughts are the seeds that inspire the emotions, which inspires the 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 behaviors. And that is the pathway. You can think of it as like, here's thought, there's an arrow. From from thought to emotion, from emotion to actual activity to performance to behavior. Um, and so I think that the thoughts that we're thinking are becoming our emotional experiences. Those emotional experiences are becoming our personal experiences. And so if we want to check in, if we notice that our lives are not playing out in a way that leads to the feeling of happiness, we might want to check in. What are my chronic emotional states? Like when I get up in the morning, how do I feel? Am I irritated? (laughs) Am I sending out waves of irritation in the workplace? Am I frustrated? Am I angry? Am I um, comparing myself to others? Or am I... I grateful? Mm-hmm. Am I overall like just really excited about what life has to offer? And so wherever we spend the most time is what we're drawing into our experience. Um, so I think that is the connection there.
0: So they talk a lot about emotional intelligence. Is there emotional dumbness? <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard about that actually.
1: <laughs> so I have never heard of that. And I would posit, I, I don't, I, I think that probably so. <laughs> I uh, think probably yeah. so. I think that most of us are running around in a state of, of emotional lack of awareness, emotional dumbness, as you put it. Uh, we just are not intelligent. We're absolutely ignorant um, about that. We don't think about it at all.
0: And this is, and in
1: fact, we justify our emotional dumbness we say you know he shouldn't have said that spoken to me that way or if only x y and z occurred in this way i have the right to feel and behave in the way that i feel and behave and the truth is you do you also have to deal with the result of your response so you're responsible for your reactivity you are responsible for what happens because of the choices that you chose
0: but then again, um, people don't like to take responsibility for the choices they make in life. Um, is that a part of emotional dumbness? Is because they're too afraid to be able to realize that they've made mistakes after mistakes after mistakes and never learned from them?
1: That's right. And, you know, I would call it unskillfulness, <laughs> emotional unskillfulness. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. I think it's because you are unskillful. You don't know even how to, taking responsibility, it's a huge, it's connected to emotional intelligence because a lot of times if we're emotionally unskillful, taking responsibility means I did something bad. It means self-judgment. It means self-criticism. And- or, and or fear of being criticized by others. And so that makes us shy away from wanting to take responsibility. But from the perspective of emotional intelligence, it's sort of like, I'm not less than because I made a mistake. It's okay to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. I can learn from my mistakes. I will be better the next time, you know, because I made this mistake. But that is the mind, that's a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset.
0: So um, in your program for the kids, um, because they have a virgin mind, um, now, is there a specific group that you feel that the client program can install new skill set for the youngsters to be able to take through life and uh, into the future? Or after a certain, uh, before a certain age, you feel that this is not going to be productive?
1: The earlier, the better. We start as early as, as K, so kindergarten. Our sweet spot is K through eight, Um and we also work with high school students, but we find that if they have not already started a practice prior to being in high school, it's a lot more difficult for it to stick um, because the, there's a competition for their attention at that point, you know, with all of the things that they have access to. So I think the earlier you can start to teach these skills to your children, the better. And the best way to teach these t- skills to your children is to model it. (laughs) Nothing says, you know, nothing teaches better than a model. So if you can actually be in the practice of healthy emotional regulation, if you could actually have your daily practice, um, it will make a difference because children are learning from the adults around them about how to respond, about how to react.
0: And is there like a specific um, stage, like stage one for 3k or for kindergarten then stage two for grade one up until eight. So is there like a specific path that they have to follow so it can can stick into the brain and then be able to start adapting new behaviors and new habits that will be able to take them along up until the adulthood?
1: That's right. So it, it's definitely differentiated uh, based off of age group and cognitive abilities and cognitive understandings. And the way that the software works is it's personalized. So when a young person uh, logs in, we do a quick check-in. We use emojis and animations to sort of understand where they are with their emotional development in that moment. And based off of the data that the software collects, it provides resources. It says, this is the perfect resource for you based off of where you are in the moment
0: and so um, until how long have you had this client program because how can we test the long-term effects i mean Mm -hmm. compared to someone who never had the luxury to be able to um study or learn emotional intelligence at a young age versus how they are or where they are in life right now versus someone who is focusing on their emotional intelligence at a young age and what will they become Mm mm-hmm
1: It's a really good question. So we've been around since 2018. Uh, We're backed by the American Heart Association. We have a white paper. We've done a lot of research on the efficacy of the product, but also how the product influences and impacts the lives of young people um, who who utilize it. We've learned that 55% of our youth users show emotional wellness growth um, over time. This is from a four month study. Um, And that also that the young people really enjoy utilizing the platform. We haven't done like a longitudinal study where we've been able to monitor the progress of a student, say from K to 12. Um, But certainly that is something that is interesting to us.
0: Now for adults, just in case there's a lot of them listening to this podcast, um, can they train their brain at this point to be able to build emotional intelligence or or they're too gone at this point to be able to?
1: Absolutely. You're not too gone. There's this thing called neuroplasticity. Young people, it's like a lot more uh, potent in them. Yep. But we still can do it. You know, like um, just speaking of myself personally, I've been in the practice of this, um, I mean, of meditation and a whole bunch of other techniques and tools for about a decade now. But when I started, for example, with meditation, I can only meditate for like 20 seconds. That is as much as my attention could hold But that was perfect because Mm that, was where I started. And it's like a muscle, it is actually just like strength training. You have to get in there, you have to do the work and you have to build the muscles. And so if you're willing to get in there and to be consistent, there's absolutely no reason why you cannot change your life and create more happiness for yourself starting today. And the thing about it is it's expansive. And so once you get started, you're going to feel more clarity, you're going to notice more joy, more happiness, and then you're going to keep noticing more clarity and more joy and more happiness. Like it doesn't stop, you know, 10 years in, I'm still in the process of like, wow, this is so different. Like I could, I remember when I would respond this way and now look at the way that I'm responding. Like those moments are still happening.
0: Do you recommend guided meditation for the beginning? Because people just don't (laughs) know what to think about when they're sitting down in a very silent room, or do you feel that maybe they should just like listen to uh, music and just to come to, to put themselves into a trance because a lot of people, and I've studied that a lot as well, uh, Ashley, is that we see that at night when you do your meditation, either just when you wake up or when you're about to sleep before you go into the REM sleep pattern of your mind, um, the, the subconscious mind tend to open up. And this mm-hmm. when you have meditation, and you listen new positive affirmation, the subconscious mm-hmm. absorb all that much mm-hmm. more efficiently than if you were doing your meditation at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, where you're mm-hmm. thinking more about, oh, what's my next task? Or what mm-hmm. to do this, etc. So you don't really focus on the being mindful, being in the moment. So is there a specific time that you recommend that would be most effective for people to start meditation?
1: Mm-hmm. So I meditate every morning and every night. I did not know what you just shared, Dr. Dane. So that's really cool that my practice lines up with the science. Um, and I say, like, if you can only find right now noon. Go for it. Noon is better than nothing, you know. So, like make make your way towards the best practices. But if you have to get started at another time, that's okay. I also think guided meditation is like a perfect introduction because the mind likes to be it likes to chew on stuff and so in the quiet it's going to find something to chew on um, but at least with a guided meditation it's being directed you're giving it the food that you want to give to to the mind um so guided meditation is like a perfect place to start
0: beautiful now where can people find your client program uh, ashley so they could actually well hopefully i mean do they need to ask the school to have that implemented
1: that's right that's right. So we work with schools and school districts across the US. Um, our website, you can go to our website, it's climb, and the way climb is spelled is a little different. It's C-L-Y-M-B. And the website is climb up. So C-L-Y-M-B-U-P dot IO.
0: And why did you why did you use the letter Y instead of the letter I?
1: Um, you know, I like the way it looked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's the honest answer
0: <laughs> okay and, and uh, when it comes to uh the, the, is there a specific school district that rejected that idea because they just wanted to continue educating slaves or do they all are open to be able to increase emotional
1: you know we have found that school districts across the country are interested especially post-pandemic, in supporting the mental and emotional health of their children. Like, it, there there's a crisis happening, and, and the adults have been responsive.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And um, is there, like, any uh, specific requirement for a kid to be accepted? So those who actually are um, dealing with mental illness or whatever it is, is there something that they have to be treated first before going to that program, or you'll take any and every kid's?
1: So this is a tier one platform. Any young person can access it. And you know, we're not a mental health platform. We're very clear about who we are and what we do. And young people who require additional support services, we always encourage the, the schools and organizations to make sure those young people receive access to what they need.
0: And what are your social media um accounts that you have like on Facebook? Is there like you
1: know, we're on all of the social media and our handle is at climb underscore up
0: beautiful mm-hmm. Actually, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast i really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us and thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible concept now we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode and i'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 15 of the happiness journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that we listened today now here are some concluding words of wisdom Emotional intelligence is a powerful tool that can help young adults unlock their full potential and achieve success in all areas of their lives. By developing this ability to understand and manage their own emotion, as well as recognize and respond to the emotion of others, young adults can improve their communication skills, build stronger relationships, and make better decisions. Now, with emotional intelligence, young adults can cultivate greater self awareness and gain a deeper understanding of their own strengths and weaknesses. They can le- then they can le- leverage this understanding to set realistic goals, make smart choices, and stay focused on what they truly matters to them. Moreover, emotional intelligence enables young adults to communicate effectively and empathically with others, building strong and lasting relationships in both their personal and professional lives. This can lead to greater opportunities, more fulfilling career, and more meaningful life overall. So my message to all young adults who are listening to this podcast, Embrace emotional intelligence as a powerful tool for success in all areas of your life. With the right mindset and practice, you can develop these vital skills and unlock your full potential to achieve your goals and create a life that is both fulfilling and rewarding. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.